You're listening to the Donscast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, we finally got some footy uh, to see the Bombers play the Bulldogs, and this time a very much a different result uh, from our finals exit, albeit the opening game of a pre-season. It was uh, still nice to get our revenge. Absolutely, mate. Uh, you take a win where you can get it. Whether it's official or not, um, we, we'd certainly take it. So it was, uh, yeah, it's good to see. And uh, yeah, obviously, you know, last week's practice match uh, was an intra club, so it's good to see us play against different opposition. And I uh, tell you what, mate, it was pretty rusty from both sides, but um, uh, everyone got through unscathed, which is uh, which is probably one of the biggest things. Yeah, I guess with intra clubs. The good news is you know you're going to win, but um, you're also <laughs> going to lose as well. So um, you got to take the good and bad out of that. But, I mean, yeah, it's always nice to beat opposition. And, you know, I'm really excited. I'm uh, heading off next week to see the Dons and the Saints, um, which will be just good to be back at Marvel Stadium. And, uh, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, – Tex Wanganeen will get a bit more game time uh, if he's selected in that side because obviously it's the last dress rehearsal. So, but gee, it was exciting in that last quarter. Oh, it certainly was, mate. What do you? It's, it's sort of surprising he only got the quarter. Uh, he and Nick Martin only got the, the last quarter there to actually uh, apply their trade. They both did quite well, and yeah, Wanganeen in particular. Oh, he was just electric, mate. Um, you know, kicked a couple of goals and. I tell you what, if he kicked that one from uh, out on the boundary after he uh, yeah slapped away the hand uh, going for a tackle, uh, you know, at a proper game, that would have brought the house down. Yeah, uh, I think Martin did play a bit more. I think he got. I think he came on after halftime. So, um, and I was very interested. He donned a number thirty-seven, mate. So that might be a prelude. I wonder if he, that's going to be his uh, actual list number. Yeah. And with um, Wangers, um, obviously he's not going to wear 43, or you wouldn't think he's going to wear 43. <laughs> so, mate, what number do you reckon he wear? I would say maybe 40, uh, which will be freed up after um, Snelling's um, moved up to number 11. Could be, that. Who knows? Um, 42 for Nat Rat. Maybe. 42, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean... Um... I guess while, uh, you know, us who obviously saw his dad playing the number four, we'd love to see him wear, um, wear a number with that. But, I mean, he, he's his own own bloke now. Um, so it'd be nice for him to forge his own um, career, um, you know, create his own identity. So, um, uh, look, as much as it's great to have a, a wang and end along with a herd on the list, um, he, he was just a really exciting player to watch uh, on his own merits. So, um no, it's fantastic, um, fantastic to see uh, see him play, and uh, yeah, that uh, at the end of the day, both of them, uh, so Nick Martin and Tex Wanganeen, got listed, mate. Well, here's a bit of trivia, mate. Um, Gavin Wanganeen and James Heard mm-hmm. joined the club in the '91 season, and mate, I would think. But you think 93 was when the Bombers won the flag. <laughs> I'm drawing a very long bow, and I know you've heard he's been on the list a bit longer, but, I mean, how about 
Gavin's given him, or sorry, Tex, I should say, has given himself two years to get the Bombers up there and take the cup. What do you reckon? Oh, I don't know. I don't understand why you're waiting so long, mate. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's do it this year. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? I mean, he, he looked he looked dangerous and uh, looked to get into the spots, and you know, like uh, track ruttons. Um, yeah, what he seems to say often around the club is he, he puts no limits on this list, mate. And I think, um, yeah, why can't we dream? Uh, like even the '93 side, you know, no one no one thought we were going to um, you know be a shot to. Uh, to win the flag, but but we did, mate. It was um, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, we've seen previous years. Obviously, the dogs. Uh, you know, they they stole a flag uh, more or less. I mean, they weren't touted to be um, you know the best side before that year, and they uh, they snuck up on everyone and and played a ripper final season. So um, yeah, who knows, mate? I mean, obviously, yeah, we're we're into the realms of fantasy now, but. We're fans, mate, and that's what we do. We dream. I was going to say, mate, um, I must have been footy staff because I don't know how a practice match win over the Bulldogs turns into <laughs> grand final talk. But um, <laughs> I'm, well, it's pre-season, yeah, I'm mate. Just... We're uh, borderline flying. Yeah, that's right. I'm, uh, I'm just excited that um, footy's nearly back. And as I said, I'm um, looking forward to heading off to the game next week. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can play a... Yeah, I, I guess Stringer will probably won't play, as we know, but uh, you know they still say he's a good chance to play in round one. But um, yeah, it'll be a full dress and rehearsal. Um, apart from yeah, you know, the obvious uh, players who probably won't play, like in Tipper and also um, you know Stringer and Hurley and yeah. But other than that, yeah, you know, I think we're still going to have a strong side um, for round one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it should be should be good to see. It'd be interesting to see if they. Uh... Yeah, you know, go with you know normal quarter lengths, or um, you know whether they're going to go extended interchange, or whether it's going to be the limited interchange, uh, and all the rest of it. But um, all that'll be played out in due course. Um, yeah, but obviously the the practice match we'll be talking about uh, for the vast majority of today is uh, yeah the practice match against the dogs, and it was held at the hangar, mate. Um, and uh, I tell you what, it was a it was a good quality production as well. And again, you know, we had, uh, yeah, professional commentators there. So it was Ben Waterworth uh, and Brennan Goddard uh, commentating, which was uh, yeah, nice to hear. And it was just, you know, funny for mine because BJ actually said it was the first time he'd been back at the hangar, mate, uh, since emptying his locker when he retired from the club. Yeah, that was a surprise revelation. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that one. I, I would have thought he... Would have ventured out there even to observe training, but obviously not. Oh. Um, but yeah, he still talks like he's an Essendon person, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely, he does. Um, mind you, uh, you know, as the the game progresses, and he, he just tells it how he sees it, mate. And um, yeah, some of the comments, I thought, oh, gee, that's a that's a bit harsh. Um, and but I mean, that's just how he sees it. I mean, he, he doesn't sugarcoat, and that's both for. Um, Essendon players and our opposition. Um, you know, he he sees no reason to, um, uh, you know, say something if he doesn't believe it. And um, interestingly, mate, um, so after I'd listened to that um, How They Train podcast with Jake Stringer, I um, noted in there that uh, Brennan Goddard actually got on that program as well uh, more recently. And he talked about a, uh, 
an incident where he was commentating a match um, and he saw, uh, uh, what's his name there, the Richmond defender? Um, but he, uh, yeah, basically he dived and that's what Brennan Goddard called it as. Uh, apparently, um, <laughs> you know, Hardwick didn't take too kindly to that and uh, gave BJ a call and say, no, nah, I didn't appreciate that. He, he doesn't. And BJ effectively just said, yeah, look, I understand where you're coming from. I just call it how I see it. So, um, yeah, he certainly holds no punch, does he, mate? Uh, he never has. Um, you know, like, I think, you know, brutally honest, it's uh, usually a good trait to have. Um, although sometimes people want to be handled in kick gloves. Yeah. Um, I think in commentating, um, no good beating around the bush. Just uh, call it how you see it. I think uh, Matthew Lloyd does that as well. Like, you know, you'll call it out and sometimes it doesn't win you club fans because the clubs get very protective about their plates. Yep. But, um, yeah, no, I, I implore uh, all the commentators to, yeah, if they see it, call it out. Absolutely, mate. And, uh, you know, who knows, he might be at home, you know, still taking his anger out on a, pe- on a pack of pretzels. But, um, yeah. no, so going into the game, it was um, obviously a bit of a, a different lineup. Uh, so, Obviously, the uh, train-on players that we had, so Dylan Clark and Ronald Feo Jr., no longer uh, were with the side. Um, uh, obviously, Andrew Phillips as well, who uh, did a bit of an injury, uh, a doctor strain, apparently. Um, he took no part. Um, uh, Zerk Thatcher, Ham, and McDonough uh, took no part in the... In the uh, Practice match. Nick um, Bryan was named, but I didn't see him. No, nah, so. he, uh, he he came out with the twos. Um, there were there were some um, people. They said he was in doubt with a knee laceration, but um, no, nah, he ended up uh, playing the twos. So um, yeah, if I read out the side uh, for the Don, so at the back it was good to see uh, Jack Kelly play his first game in the sash, and thought he played all right. Um, he joined Stewart and Laverde down there. Off the halfback, we had Hind, Ridley, and Hebel. Um, at the centre, we had Cox, Parrish, and Langford back for his uh, first practice game. Um, followers of Draper, Merritt, and Caldwell. Half forward line of Perkins, Jones, and Francis. So good to see Jones back. Uh, and then a forward line of Smith, two metre Peter, and Tex Wanganine. Obviously, he didn't come up um, until later in the game. Um, yeah, we had Snelling, Redmond, Cutler McGrath, Shield, Martin, Hobbs, and I think that might have been actually it. Uh, that actually took part in the game. So um, that was a yeah, a good um, um, yeah a good list out there. Um, nice and healthy for the boys, guys to all um, get a run around. Um, but I tell you what, it's pretty fascinating when you look at the blokes who weren't available for this practice match or, or weren't played in this one, um, or perhaps played in the twos. But although he didn't play, so you had Hurley, Durham, Stringer, Lord, Zerk Thatcher, Reed, um, Air, Ham, Phillips, McDonough, uh, Cody Brand, Voss, um, McBride, 
McDonald, Tip and Woody, Waterman and Hurd. And you think, you know, in there, there's a, a couple of, um, you know, good prospects, some where sort of, uh, you know, I suppose put them in cotton wool a bit, making sure they don't um, um, you know, bust themselves out of the park before we get a chance to develop them. Um, but I mean, some pretty handy players in there. So once they get up and running, uh, it'll be good to see them, um, you know, compete for list spots as well, or the, uh, you know, spots in the 22. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating, you know, three weeks before round one. Um, yeah, as I said, a dress rehearsal next week. It's the Saints. Week That's off it. and then straight into it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a tough draw we've got at the start of the season. You know, the first three games are going to be really challenging. Mm. So we need to be in pretty good condition because, uh, you know, I think we've got Geelong and Brisbane and, there's another tough side there as well. Um, you got that fixture, mate? Ah, uh, Port, is it? Um, yeah. I know we start off with three pretty tough games. Mm. Yeah, we do. Um, and it's going to be, um, yeah, I guess the, the guys have got to really dig in and stick to the game plan. You know, we, yeah, given the competition, we, we might not get the points early, but we have to stick to the plan and, uh, and not uh, sort of go to water. Um, and looking at the, you know, the, the maturity of the group, you'd hope they'd be able to do that. Um, but I mean, in this in this game as well, um, you know, while we had you know some notable absentees, we were playing up against a, a good side as well. And um, you know, with the dogs, they had a pretty fit list. They had some notable absentees, so like uh, Bailey Smith, Hayden Crozier, Sam Darcy, Josh Bruce, Tim O'Brien, and Alex Keith um, didn't take any part. Obviously, we. We all sort of remember Keith you know, sort of gave us a bit of a bath um, last year. But uh, on the field for the dogs, so you had Trelaw, Eugle Hagen, Mitch Wallace, Bunton Pally, Dunkley, Hunter, Steph Martin, Jack McRae, Cordy, Shackey, Dre, Waitman, Richards, Liberatore, Vandermeer, McComb, so a uh, sort of new draftee there. Um, Mitch Hannon, Bailey Dale, Arthur Jones, uh, another new draft team for them. He looked pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, we actually looked at him too, mate. Um, yeah. I think uh, the Doro had him hopeful for a, a pick. Yeah, and it would have been nice to have because he seemed to move pretty well. Um, yeah, Norton, um, Bailey Williams, Caleb Daniel, Rourke Smith, Jason Johannesson, Ryan Gardner and Tim English. So, a pretty um, pretty solid list the dogs put out there as well. So um, yeah, they uh, while it was a practice match, it was a pretty decent um, you know list from both sides. Yep, and um, understandably, like being first game against opposition, it was very fumbly early. You know, I really noticed um, a lot of the players struggling with that. Like you know, mm. particularly. Obviously, first game, I think, yeah, he didn't play in the intra-club. Um, Kyle Langford, um, he looked really fumbly. Um, Perkins at times, but he did some nice things too. Um, yeah, but I think overall, like, we got a lot out of that game. And, um, you know, the younger players seem to have come on a little bit, you know, from the, you know, the only small glimpse we've seen. But, you know, I liked the way that Cox was going for his marks and, um, they said he put on 12 kilos, mate. I've got to say, it, I didn't really notice it. 
And I guess the other thing I've, I've got to say is that um, uh, when Ben Hobbs came on in the last quarter, mate, mm. like he looked like a, you know, he, you know, in other pitches and that, he looks a really well-built well built kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found in that when he did come on, it, I guess and it shows your opposition as well, he actually did look quite slight. Then you know he's, he's a well-built kid for the first round, you think. So just goes to show, even um, even when you think you're built ready for the game, um, the amount of work that every player on every list does. Um, if you're just new, you're going to be playing a lot of catch-up to get your body conditioned to be in the same straight, uh, same you know light as as the others. If you ask me, yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Cox. Like if you if you actually if you really look at um yeah you know, the pictures from last year and this year, oh, he he absolutely has put on um size you know particularly through the torso, um yeah you can see a, you can see a bit on the limbs as well like his his arms last year were just <laughs> spaghetti mate um whereas this year you know they they don't exactly uh, stand out like tree trunks but um they're certainly a lot more solid and yeah, he certainly does look a lot more um. Uh, like he's got a bit more meat around the the midriff. Um, yeah, still probably got a, a bit of a way to go, but um, he did uh, certainly look a bit bit more solid. And yeah, as you say, mate, they're all pretty fumbly early, and you know both sides, as you said, you know Norton missed a pretty easy easy shot early on, like normally be a sitter uh, for him. You know we had uh, you know Jones, you know not able to take, grab the mark and uh, usually he gobbles those up. Um, Hind actually kicked their first goal and uh, <laughs> just sort of reminded me a bit of banter I saw on Blitz where some of the players were like, didn't you play forward for the Saints? And uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, at least that uh, that's paid off dividends for us if he's uh, able to use that attacking flair every now and then. Um, but I do have to say, James, like, even though Jones didn't get that first grab, he did um, get to plenty of dangerous positions early and did show some nice hands around the ground and, and a bit of that running power he's uh, sort of been known for. It was just fantastic to see him back out there, wasn't it? Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, we really you know, missed him you know, after the foot injury. And you know, we all know, you know from past days when James really James Heard really struggled with that kind of injury. Um, the Feet issues, you know, the bicular, I think it is, um, can be a real troublesome area. But, um, yeah, he seems to be running well, um, you know, despite, you know, obviously his pre-season not being ideal. Um, I noticed him, he looked much more developed, ready to, you know, take a key position role. Yeah, which would be absolutely brilliant to see. Um, others that, um, you yeah, seem to, like, it was good to see them... Um, have a proper hit out. McGrath, I thought, um, had a good game. It, it's funny, mate. Um, he he seemed to be um, almost like he'd get involved in the actual contest, but then if he grabbed the footy, he'd take a few steps out, then steady, look up the field, and then kick. Um, so he'd basically take five quick um, quick steps away, and then kick like, and he was able to find space. So um, obviously, like, pretty uh, pretty game aware there, which is which is good to see. But I have to tell you, he hit his targets, which was great. But 
he's got a funny kicking <laughs> kicking motion, which I, I guess I hadn't really taken that much notice of before. He seems to actually lean back on the kick to mine. Um, but I mean, if a ball's hitting the targets, I'm, I'm not going to be complaining too loudly. Uh, and um, I still think Andrew plays his best footy when he plays a bit of defence. Um, and I noticed that with him, even on that game there, he was working hard defensively. And I think with Andrew, that's where he comes into the fore. He's, he's got that attitude he doesn't want to be beaten. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes he can look a little bit out of place and you know, when he when he's just sent to get ball and, and kick ball, you know what I mean? Like I think he mm-hmm. needs a task and that he really doubles down on that. And I'm, you know, that's why I'm not opposed to him playing even off a half back flank or a mm-hmm. in that back pocket where he played so well as early days, because now with Caldwell coming back and you know, our midfield pretty strong. Um, you know, I just think he could become a really important player down there. Obviously, the club want to give him midfield time, so it's not to say that he plays solely down there, but I, I still think that's where he plays his best footy uh, at the moment in a defensive role, whether it be on a half-back flank, back pocket, or you know, a defensive midfielder. Mm. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. You know, when he did play... Um you know, at the defensive side of the ground, or even as that, um, you know, midfielder at the stoppages, you know, towards the, the flanks, um, him being able to, you know, weave in and out of traffic to then release someone to run through, um, you yeah, certainly did help us with the link-up play. Um, you know, as I said, it was, it was a pretty scrappy affair, especially that first quarter. Um, but we did see a beautiful bit of play, mate, where... Um, Hine just slapped the ball out of the air around the forward flank and knowing he'd be done if he took possession, uh, he just tapped the ball forward uh, to Smith, who picked it up and handballed it back to Hind. Uh, he then ran on and passed it to Snelling, who tapped it toward Perkins, who popped a lovely little pass over the top to Jones. It was just a really nice bit of play, and it, I suppose it goes back to where, um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, we, we poached all these guys from Richmond and we started you know, implementing or bringing in some of the Richmond kind of game plan. And that's what really um, stood out to me. You know, Richmond at their best, you know, they wouldn't necessarily be the cleanest with the ball, but they'd always be having the ball you know, going their way. There's there's momentum to, to bring it forward. Uh, not always cleanly, but um, they'd get enough um, possession and um, be able to whisk it away. And like, I, I just thought that was really clever play. Uh, whereas previously we might have, you know, panic handballed and, um, got ourselves into into trouble, yeah. Unfortunately, um, yeah, Jones missed the shot, but uh, it was a really nice bit of play. Um, and the other thing that I really liked about this quarter, and what seemed to be, uh, you know, like a theme going throughout the the game itself, was we really made an effort to, um, you know, shut down the dogs' ability to escape out of our fifty. Uh, they quite often had to do dump passes, which got them into trouble over and over again. Um, so, uh, no, they were, they were good signs to, to see, uh, you know, we, we finished that quarter down, um, you know, by like, I don't know, five points or something like that. I think we were one goal, five, 11 to two goals, four, 16, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was just good to see they'd started to, um, yeah, implement a bit of 
game plan, bit of link up play, mate. Yeah, and I've got to say, one of the other things was um, a little bit worrying was uh, when Aaron Francis went there mm. in that first quarter. Um, you know, he's another one where we've heard he's had a pretty good preseason. Um, yeah, and then when he come crashing to the ground, you just hoped with his bad luck in the past, you hoped he was be okay, but pleasingly he came back on later in the game. Yeah, he did, mate. And uh, yeah, you're right. When he like, he sort of started rolling around, you thought, "Oh, bugger," because um, <laughs> he's he's definitely one. Um, yeah, he's put in a lot of work over the preseason. You wouldn't want to see that, uh, yeah, have gone to waste. Um, the second quarter quarter started, and um, yeah, the dogs uh, got the jump when Norton basically ripped the ball out of uh, Ridley's hands um, and put him up a goal. Uh, but then we uh, kick one back through Perkins after Guelphie grabbed the foot in the middle of the ground and got off to Harry Jones, who set it a beautiful pass to Perkins. And his field kicking, Jamie, like uh, Harry Jones, is just um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. Like, I guess that's the way up um, because we know he's uh, you know, quite athletic and uh, his run is something that's a, a massive attribute for him and as well as his field kicking. I mean, we, we'd love him to kick plenty of goals because he's proven he, he can be a bit of a dead-eye dick. But, um, yeah, him being able to um, yeah, pinpoint a pass into the Ford 50, which is something that we are lacking in currently, um, is also pretty enticing as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how much time he actually spends in that, I suppose, true, uh, like within side of the Ford 50 and, and how much he, uh, he roams around that set half forward line. Yeah, uh, he's going to be important because when you look at our forward line, it's certainly not set in stone. Um, we don't have the obvious key forward. I guess Peter Wright and Harry Jones are going to have to try and manage to play the key pole, uh, key posts there. Yeah. Um, we saw a little bit of Kane Baldwin. I, you know, thought he looked better in the second half, um, but. We've got to lower our expectations on him because after two knee reconstructions, um, yeah, if he can be yeah, a bit of a gem for us later on in his career, that'd be great. But um, can't expect too much right at the moment. But, yeah, those two are going to be key, um, Peter Wright and Harry Jones. Mm. Um, and that's where Aaron Francis has been doing most of his training to play that lead-up uh third option and you know hopefully he can take a few grabs and you know he can be a good kick at times um we need him to have his goal kicking awareness up but yeah I'm it's definitely not conventional like um but I'm interested to see how those three go but that's where you know with the loss of Anthony McDonald Tip Woody to start the season that's where we need to find a few crummers and we know Snelling's a real hard-nosed, um, you know, he'd be a pressure forward and can't kick a goal. But, I mean, that's what really pleased me when I saw Tex come on. He had that bit of speed and, you know, made the defenders panic, really, because he was at the fall of the ball. Yeah, well, he just wanted the footy, mate, and he um, he took the responsibility to take a couple of shots, um, which is excellent to see. Um I guess with uh, with Peter Wright, 
we mentioned there, I mean, I, I don't think he had a, had a fantastic game. Like he got his hands for a few, which is good to see. But one thing I really liked from him um, was a couple of instances where, uh, yeah, he he went for the mark, um, but he actually crashed the packs. Um, yeah, he used that big frame of his to bring a few blokes down with him. And that's what allowed uh, a couple of blokes to pounce, you know, one instance um, in that second quarter, like he crashed the pack and Snelling went for the crumb and he copped one high and um, got the goal. I mean, obviously we'd, we'd love to have seen Snelling just grab it clean and, and kick the kick it through, but um, yeah, you'll take those. Uh, but I think it was that, you know, him willing to um, you know, use his big frame to crash that pack. Certainly as a defender, you'd, you'd think twice if you've got 2.03 metres coming down at you, mate. Um uh, yeah, so that was that was good to see, and I hope it's um, you know a good sign of intent for what he's going to bring um, for the rest of the season. Um, I do have to say though that like we're generally pretty sloppy in transition, um, and also in our position to defence. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, BJ Goddard made, made mentioned a couple of times of. Yeah, sometimes the, the Bombers players could be guilty of guarding grass was the uh, the, the phrase he was using um, rather than being right up on their man. Um, and that times, uh, yeah, the, the dogs made it pay where, you know, we, we'd have stuffed around with the footy for a while. Um, you know, might have got it inside 50, but not actually um, been able to capitalise. And then we just saw the dogs, you know, release, go from one end to the other uh, and be able to take a shot at goal, which was, um, yeah, not not the greatest to see. I mean, obviously we're, we're still yeah bringing in the the game plan and uh, uh, and their ability to defend across the ground. But um, yeah, I just notice those, and hopefully we're we're tightening that up um, more and more. Um, but then we saw a uh, bit of beautiful movement uh, with Dylan Shield uh, in the middle of the ground. He grabbed the footy, had a run, and um, lowered his eyes to deliver beautifully to Guelphie just on 50. And tell you what, mate, Guelphie impressed me. He kicked it, you know, it would have been the best part of 55, 60 metres straight through the big sticks. Yeah, and um, he looks like he's going to play a bit of time up forward too. Um, we obviously know he's got a high work rate. So he'll be asked to do that and he's going to have some opposition because uh, Alec Waterman will want that spot. So there's going to be a makeshift forward line until we realise what our best 22 looks like and in, inherent to that is what does our best forward line look like. And mm. I don't think any of us know at this stage. Um, it's going to be you know one of those things we work out as the season goes on. Absolutely, mate. Um... And speaking of forward line, uh, one bloke who's going to play there a little bit this year, you'd imagine, is uh, Archie Perkins. And uh, just before the siren at halftime, we saw Perkins rove a beautiful uh, footy and showed some great vision to kick it out to Heppel, uh, who passed it to Parrish. He went over the top to Snelling. He kicked a goal. Uh, so a couple of red time goals was just before the half to bring us within four points of the dogs. Um so yeah, while while Perkins was fumbly early, um, like yeah, he he just shows things every now and then where you go, oh geez, like he's he's pretty exciting. Whether it's a bit of power, like uh, a sprint effort here or there, or um, just his uh, 
I suppose, competitiveness. It's, he, he just wants the footy, mate. Gee, he looks different with those lofts cut off. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a bit of Sam Durham there as well. Like I reckon when he's um, when they're both playing, you know, apart from the Guernsey numbers, uh, I reckon from behind, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if you can call it because they're kind of the same body shapes at the moment. But, I mean, um, yeah, I thought Archie really stood out as our best young player during the game. Yeah, he did well, mate. Uh... So at halftime, um, you know, obviously uh, managing loads and all the rest of it, uh, we decided to, um, you know, rest out. Uh, Jones, Langford, Shield, and Smith. So they all came off. They'd, they'd done their bit. Um, actually, Langford came on a bit later, I'm pretty sure. Um, but in any case, uh, then we saw, uh, you know, the entry of Baldwin, Martin, Hobbs, and Wanganine, uh, Wanganine particularly in that last quarter. Uh, the dogs, you know, for them, Bontempelli came off um, as well as a few others, I think. Uh, and then that uh, Arthur Jones and Robin McComb came on for them. Uh, yeah, and we started attacking pretty early in that third quarter. Um, and we saw, then we saw when the dogs tried to escape our 50, really took a nice specky right on Norton's head just outside 50, mate. That was a great mark. A hanger at the hanger. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that was, that was great to see. And we saw Baldwin getting involved uh, a bit early, like got to some marking contests, um, took a couple of grabs as well. Um, but what I really liked about him was um, uh, he actually went down to support the defenders for a bit and threw himself at a grand ball off the half back. Um, and we were then able to take that ball away uh, yeah, through Merritt to Parrish to Caldwell, who released Langford, who pumped it long inside 50, where yeah, Nick Martin, he, he fumbled the ball. He thought he was going to swallow it up, uh, but fortunately it fell in Deb Smith's lap and um, he kicked the goal. So, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> first touch, um, but not quite for Nick Martin there. Um, and we saw uh, Tommy Cutler started getting involved as well. I, I thought, um, you know, uh, Cutler seemed to be playing almost a bit of a uh, intercept player just outside of that forward 50 area for us. Uh, yeah, and we saw when the dogs uh, launched a panic kick out of their 50, Cutler grabbed the footy and pumped it inside 50 where Archie Perkins bobbed up to take a bit of a pack mark, mate. You know, 30, 35 metres out, bit of an angle, and uh, he went back to slot it. So it was a nice bit of play. Yeah, it certainly was. And um, uh, again, I thought you know, for the way our site was built, um, it was able to generate, not, maybe not high scoring, but I liked the way that we could transition from the back line to the forward line. So sometimes we did it really cleanly and um, I think that's hopefully a preview to what we can expect this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I guess the, the thing that, that kept happening. I mean, it was improved, but um, it's still a area of development for us, mate. Um, you know, we kept, we did lock the ball in to our forward fifty, which is great, and we and we had uh, you know plenty of forays forward, uh, but they often failed. Um, yeah, so yeah, we still need to work on that entry inside fifty. But um, look, it's uh, at least we're getting the, a bit more opportunities there. Um, and then we saw Franger, you know. He, he had that injury scare early, but I thought from here, 
like around the middle of the third quarter, like that's where he started to really get involved in the game. Like we saw a nice mark on the wing um, from him. And, you know, previously he tried a, a big leap in the forward line. I uh, wasn't able to grab it, but, you know, just the intent was, was good to see from him. Um, and I thought Stewart started stepping up. You know, he was stopping a lot of the dogs' attacks, um, which was great to see. Uh, I thought his disposal wasn't as, as good as it's previously been. And he, he seemed to often um, look for the safe option, uh, but just uh, almost yeah, flucked the kick. Like he'd, he'd go for the kick wider in the boundary um, and it'd actually go over. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. His hands looked uh, pretty good. Um, so, and he was getting to the right position. So, um, uh, hopefully, he'll be um, in good stead. And then we saw a uh, nice end to end bit of play, mate, with Hind. He kicked nicely to Caldwell. He you know, kicked it to Perkins on the wing. He kicked it forward to Dev, who smartly kept the ball in play and then sent it to Baldwin. He took a nice, nice mark just inside 50. Um, you know, he, it was, it was just good to see that, um, yeah, that, that transition footy and the, and the vision of, of some of these guys, yeah, Caldwell in particular, I thought, um, yeah, he, he just doesn't seem panicked uh, when he's got the footy and often makes a good decision, whether it's by hands or foot. Um, so, yeah, some very nice um, beginnings uh, of uh, hopefully what we can see going into this uh 2022 season. Um, and then in that fourth quarter, we saw Hobbs um, seem to get it more time in the middle. Like he, that first um, uh, centre bounce, he, he was straight in the middle and he cracked in and won a free, uh, kicked it forward to the pocket where Snelling made a tackle to win a free himself and he went back to job the goal, mate. Yeah, Hobbs, exciting start. And I actually thought he really stood out. Um, you know, in that last term, he, he had a knack of winning the footy. Um, yeah, his cooking, kicking could have been improved, but, I, I mean, first game of the preseason, you can't expect too much. But I, I really uh, yeah, excited by the way he presented himself. Absolutely, mate. He certainly won't die wondering. Um, and then we saw Tex Wanganin uh, start to get involved, and that's where, you know, he crumbed a contest, shrugged a tackle and kicked through a ripper of a goal from at 45 metres out. Uh, it was just, oh, it was a sight to be seen for Bombers fans, mate. Yes, and I did notice one of the banners there it was a, the Tex Wangadine Supporters Club or something like that <laughs> in a regard. So, yeah, he's already got a following. Um, and that was before we even knew he was signed. So, um, yeah, no, he, he looked really exciting. He did, mate. And Martin started popping up too. Um, you know, he showed some nice signs. Like he had a couple of fumbles early and that's, you know, that's pretty natural for a young bloke coming in. Um, but he had some beautiful field kicking, mate, um, particularly off the half back and on the wing there. Um, and what I really liked about it was he didn't actually kick to the person. He kicked in front of him, so they had to lead to the footy. That you know, allowed us an extra few metres up the ground um, so the, the bloke could either run on uh, you know, and continue the play um, or at least allow themselves that bit of extra time to, um, you know, go back and, uh, and and find a good target. So I thought he was a, he just seemed a pretty smart user of the footy, mate. Yeah, I thought Martin really did well with his field kicking, um, as you said. Uh, you know, again, he's another player 
but I think the club just had the take. Um, and I think their feeling will be, um, I think you can put players who are inactive uh, on an injury list and still get into that mid-season draft. Mm. Um, so I'd say on percentages, there's generally someone who will pick up a long-term injury throughout the year. And, of course, we don't want that, but generally someone will, will face that. And I think that's why they've bitten, you know, bitten the cherry with both of them, um, taking both now. And, um, yeah, it just strengthens our list. So, yeah, uh, Nick Martin, uh, I saw, can't remember where the quote's from, it's one of his coaches um, today. And he said that, you know, West Coast had the opportunity to add him as a train-on player. And um, yeah, he said oh, he had the feeling that you know Nick could actually um, command potentially as much as what um, Kelly got from Geelong, you know, for um, in a couple of years' time. I mean, that's how much confidence he had in Nick Martin being a good player, making those interstate clubs pay to get them back into WA. Well, hey, Al, mate, that's a that's a pretty big call. Um, I suppose it's a good show of confidence, but uh, yeah, I guess remains to be seen. But I mean, the, the bloke's got his uh, life ahead of him, he's 20 years old. Um, so um, I'm sure he'll be doing everything he can to uh, you know, make a real a real crack of it. So good luck to him. And I'll tell you what, mate, it was great to see the video the club put out um, of when the blokes got got signed up. Uh, you can see that, uh, yeah, all the boys got around them and. Um, yeah, supported him, and you know we saw the the video of obviously Tex um, with Gavin, his dad, um, yeah, celebrating the moment, saying, "Dad, I got signed." Um, uh, and what a fa- fantastic achievement! Um, yeah, what I really liked from that video, Jamie. I mean, obviously, um, it's probably hard for them to show their true selves in front of the cameras. They know that they've got an audience and. Um, yeah, it's sort of a bit of a shame that we saw that as well. If you know what I mean, like it's great to see, but uh, you would have loved for them, them to have their moment, um, uh, I suppose, privately, um, uh, which I'm sure they did in due course. But uh, the one thing I really loved about it was uh, yeah, Gav said to Tex, um, "You know, you stayed hungry, and I've always told you if you if you remain hungry, you can get anything you want from this game." And I thought. That's that's bloody fantastic, and I think that's one thing we've seen uh, from Tex Wanganin throughout the the course of this preseason. Um, that's how he seemed. He seemed hungry. He's, he wants the contest. Um, he he didn't shirk one. He um, stayed hard at it. So I thought that was uh, fantastic to see, mate. Are you surprised? Um, you know, obviously he's had injury battles throughout his drafting year, mm. but he's surprised that. Port kind of conceded to us to have first dibs at him. Like, um, you know, Port, you know what Koshy's like. Yeah. If they get wind of a club trying to one up on them, hmm. usually they'll just pull the button, you know, press the button to try and get ahead of them. Um, I was kind of expecting that move all pre season, to be honest. Like, I just thought Port will, uh, you know, want to show that, oh, no, the Wanganines, you know, belong to us. But, I mean, I, I was a little surprised they just 
conceded that uh, Essendon can have first and last say on text. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't know what happens um, behind closed doors, but I guess the other side of it too is you look at their list and um, they've got some very uh, talented forwards, mate, like particularly, particularly young forwards. Um, so, yeah, whether it's just a, a matter of they didn't have a, a particular need uh, for that position. Also in acknowledgement that, um, you know, he still will require, um, you know, like a bit of development to his game. Like he hasn't played in, what, a couple of years really um, through those injuries. Um, so, yeah. And, of course, all, COVID as well. Yeah, well, COVID and, and all the rest of it. Um, but, I mean, if you look at their, their sort of, their list and stocks of um, you know, young well, forwards more generally. Um, but obviously still got Robbie Gray. You've got, uh, you know, Motlop, obviously they're at the back back ends of their careers. Um, uh, they brought on Jeremy Finlayson as a, as a key forward. Um, you know, you've got Razio Fantasia, uh, Connor Rosie, uh, Zach Butters. Um, yeah, they've still got Charlie Dixon there. Um, so they've got yeah, quite a lot of forwards. Um, so I don't know, maybe that came into the um, considerations. Who knows? I, I but I, I doubt, um, uh, you know, they I doubt behind the scenes they were they were, I suppose, happy with it. But, um, whatever the case may be, mate, I was very happy that uh, that we did pick him up. I thought it was um, yeah, fantastic, and obviously for Nick Martin as well. Um, yeah, it really warmed my heart to watch that um, the Gavin Wanganeen and Tex Wanganeen interaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was one of those heartbroken bombers when you know Gav, you know, went across the port. Um, you know, I remember when the news broke that day. It was around oh, I think it was October, and yeah, the, the announcement was that. He was going home, and we've all heard the stories. He got a McDonald's franchise and a time zone and <laughs> all of that. But, um, yeah, it was really yeah, a real kick in the guts when he left. And um, it's great to see him back in Essendon Polos and, you know, seems invested in the club. And uh, he's no, no doubt he's always going to be a, you know, he's going to have mixed loyalties. He's a big part of Port as well. But, um yeah, now to have texts at Essendon, you know, I just hope history doesn't repeat itself, mate. And in five years' time, Texas, oh, guess what? I've got a McDonald's. Well, look, mate, if he if he leaves in five years' time with a Brownlow and a Premiership, um, you know, I guess we can call it even. But uh, yeah, I'll wear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, going on with uh, Tex again, like. Um, yeah, he really did look to be taking that small forward role. Um, yeah, after he received a handball from Archie Perkins just outside 50. And I just loved his run and gun. He, he ran inside 50, slapped the tackler's hand away uh, and looked to burst past him and launched the footy towards goal, you know, probably from about 45 metres out, almost right on the boundary. Uh, he missed, but yeah, how bloody exciting did that look, mate? Yeah, um, on the back of the first goal, yeah, certainly. And... Um... Yeah, he just looked like to me that 
he had more pace than that's kind of been attributed to him. And I guess that could be a legacy of his injuries this year. You know, not a lot of recruiters and even um, track watchers probably have seen the best of him yet. And I guess um, Essendon will have a bit more knowledge, you know, with him being part of the James Hurd Academy. Um, they would have done a lot of testing and they're probably aware of his capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we saw a uh, nice bit of play with Martin. Um, yeah, he stood up in a tackle and delivered a nice handball to Hobbs, who took a bounce, had a run before he steadied and passed to Shield, who uh, hit a nice pass to Langford's advantage, and he marked, went back and slotted it. So that was just really good to see. Um, you know, Hobbs, it would have been easy for him to, you know, just pin the ears back and um, you know, launch it inside 50. But, um, you know, he steadied himself. And, and as for Shield, like, um, you know, he's, he's had his woes with disposal and we've all lamented um, his kicking efficiency in the past, but he seemed to really be making a focus of lowering his eyes uh, and just hitting those little dinky 30-metre passes or so uh, and hitting targets. So that was, uh, that was great to see. So hopefully he can keep that up in his game. Um, and then later on, Hobbs again got involved uh, when he roved the pill and pumped it inside 50 to the pocket where Wanganin again put on the afterburners to pick the footy up off the deck and handball to Baldwin, who had a snap. Um, you know, it didn't go through the big steep sticks, but, um, yeah, what a lovely bit of play that was. Yeah, uh, again, I, I was really happy with some of our transition play um, throughout the game, and even when it didn't come off completely, you saw, you know, just everyone being on the same page and, yeah, that says to me a lot about our coaching. Um, yeah. It's got got us looking to push that ball forward and be really damaging with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then we saw uh, uh, yeah towards the towards the death, um, it tacked Wanganin again, crumbed another ball to run in and kick a beautiful goal and. Uh, you know, if, if it wasn't sealed before that, uh, it certainly was then. Um, yeah, we just had to grab him from that moment on. Otherwise, I'm sure Port Adelaide would have been knocking down the door. Um, and, uh, you know, with all that said, mate, yes, it was rusty from both sides. And, you know, yeah, I suppose you take what you want out of a practice game. But we did win. Um, and uh, whether that was by six points or, or seven points, depending on who you ask, um, I thought it was a great effort for the, um, for the boys to, um, yeah, sort of want to win. They, they kind of um, raised to it, um, which, was, uh, uh, which was good to see. And obviously seeing the young guys and their development, um, yeah, certainly uh, gives us a bit more hope, um, yeah, for this season that, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be. Uh, as we were saying last year, just the development year, uh, yeah, they, they could actually achieve something. And I'm going to say it was six points. There's a clear point scored by the Bulldogs that never registered on a scoreboard. So I think, um, yeah, I thought it was a goal win. Um, not to, as a game, it wasn't like we're playing for sheep stations. Yeah. Um, and But, yeah, I thought we won by a goal. And, um, yeah, like we came from behind it when you think about it because, um, you know, the last quarter... Uh, Certainly, uh, I thought we ran it out better and 
looked a little bit more attacking as well. Yeah, mate. Well, we were two goals down at the three-quarter time break, so to, to win by a goal, you'd, uh, you'd take that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that was... Uh, and, and, again, like to get, get through unscathed was, um, uh, was, was fantastic. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was good to see, mate. And then, uh, yeah, obviously the VFL guys... Um, ran out. I didn't get to watch that, mate. Uh, did you have a have a gander at the VFL? Uh, no, but I did read some comments from Blitz, and um, yeah, I wasn't at the game unfortunately. But I, you know, um, it sounds like Bo Junior is still there, um, uh, which is good. Um, you know, hopefully that means he's going to take up a spot to develop further. Um, if he's committed to that, that would be great. I think because. Sounds like he could be a player. Mm. Um, yeah, and then obviously a lot of players that, uh, you know, with Sam Durham playing and um, obviously a new draftees and Lord, who from all reports has got a lot of talent, although being slight. Um, uh, McDonough, um, you know, it would be interesting to see how he played um, because... Obviously, with his Richmond VFL background, um, you know, I, I think that there's a few players there that, you know, would be interesting to see how they they went through and, you know, Braden Ham and so forth. It would be interesting to see, you know, if they're still mounting their case for round one. They're obviously behind the eight ball. But, um, you know, we've, injuries can happen at any time and we need our list ready. Certainly do, mate. Um, it's good to have competition for spots. It certainly keeps all the boys hungry. And um, yeah, as you say, with Feo Junior, um, yeah, there have been those rumours that uh, you know he's told his home club in uh, in SA that he's not coming back as he's been offered a um, you know position on our VFL list. Um, yeah, hopefully with a look to develop him, as you said, for a potential list sport next year. Like, he's a beautiful user of the footy, has a good lick of pace, but, uh, you know, I think as everyone, uh, you know, either saw or uh, whether that's through training, the practice match, or even just the reports on Blitz. Thank you, uh, reporters. Uh, Knackers, Scooter and Co. Um, yeah, the, the deficiency was his, um, I, I suppose, contested work, defensive side of the game. Um, and that's something that, uh, they wouldn't be able to turn around uh, quick smart. Um, so if that's the case, and I really hope it is, uh, it'd be fantastic uh, if this guy could um, you know, use his 12 months to, uh, to develop, show the club what he's got, um, and, uh, yeah, potentially have that crack at um, getting picked up by Essendon. Um, it, it'd just be a, a great story. So um, I'm hoping that's true, and... Let's hope in, in future, mate, we'll be able to speak to some people in the know. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, um, apart from that, mate, as you say, it's, it's good to have good um, competition for sports. I mean, um, yeah, you can go all around the ground for competition. I mean, you, you even look at the, you know, the ruck spots, obviously, with Nick Bryan. He, he's shown a lot uh, in terms of his development. He's good boys, whatever. He's behind Draper um, as that number one ruck. Um, but he'll he'll certainly be there in the wings, uh, just waiting and, and uh, yearning for opportunity, as will uh, all the other blokes, mate. And uh, that's a that's an excellent position for.
for us to be in because certainly, um, yeah, all of us remember the days where even you're 22, like you, you sort of look at and go, oh, yeah, we're, we're running with this bloke, um, you know, who you know, wouldn't necessarily always uh, get a game in other sides. But um, now we're, we're looking at genuine talent in our list. Um, yeah, probably yeah, up to that sort of 30-plus um, players that you could legitimately see vying for a uh, position in the 22. Um, and it's, it's just a fantastic place to be in, mate. Definitely. Why don't we have a break, mate, and we'll come back and touch on some news that uh, is going around the traps. And you're listening to Don's Cast. Well, mate, um, as I said, first game done. Um, it's going to be a long season, but hopefully an enjoyable one. Um, let's talk about some other news that's been going on with the club, but I guess one of the big news is from the week is the uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, it is, mate. Uh, pretty exciting to see. So we had four inductees to be risen as legend status for the club. Uh, so in no particular order, um, so Dustin Fletcher raised to legend. Uh, we had Doc Bruce Reed, um, Neil Danaher, and Gavin Wanganeen, um, all raised as uh, Hall of Fame legend status. Uh, and what a fantastic um, bunch of names there, mate. Um, yeah, absolutely true legends of the club. Yeah, and no, I guess... You know, Gavin, like he was such an important player for us. But you know, when you look back at it, he really played six seasons. Um, so that, that's even a bigger effort by him to achieve that in such a short time frame. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, I, I sort of, um, I guess for us, like I just remember, like I, I'm obviously not alone here. He was my favourite player back in the day and, you know, we used to call him the rubber man, like because of that he could just move um, so freely and was so good down back there. Uh, I've got to got to say, like to to win the Brownlow off a what back pocket or or something. Um, I don't think too many would be able to do that in today's game. But um, he was just a fantastic player. But I didn't actually realise he played three hundred games. Only one hundred and twenty-seven of those were for the Bombers, but. He was just such an influential character in the club. And, um, yeah, as you say, mate, uh, when he did leave um, to go to Port, it was a, it was a massive punch in the guts. But um, certainly, um, you know, he, he paid his dues. Um, when he left, he, he left as a, um, not only just a gun of the club, but a Brownlow medalist and a premiership winner. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess we can call it even from there. Neil Danaher, he's an interesting story, mate. He- he was touted to be the best of the Danahers, and obviously we know knee injuries curtailed him. And unfortunately, you know, um, we all know his health battles. But I mean, um, talk about just dedication and endeavour uh, right through. You know, he injured himself. I think early it might have been eighty one, and he was still on our list, mate, in ninety one. So. Um, that's a 10-year career and 
you know, in between it, he had to watch the club win a couple of flags and, um, you know, it would be frustrating to know that at your best you'd be a key part of that those teams. But, um, you know, his endeavour and you know, all his efforts currently, um, yeah, he's just an inspiration, no other words to use for him. He absolutely is, mate. Um you know, I think we and we all see these kind of things in our own personal lives. Like there's some people who, um, you know, they're, they're faced with a difficult situation, and uh, and it's, I guess, well, not not easy. But I mean, like it, it's understandable if, if people crumble under that um, kind of uh, condition. But he's taken it on himself. He's like, no, I'm going to fight this, and uh, and fight he has, mate. And not just for a short period of time. Like he's, yeah, the obviously the uh, freeze M and D campaign and, and all the rest of it um yeah he's been um yeah on that for for a long time uh and it's great to see the footy world has, has got around him now it's uh yeah i think it's, it's stories um like neil's um obviously uh he coached melbourne um uh but actually uh on the opposing side um as a coach in the 2000 uh premiership if i remember correctly jane um uh, and like for for someone who is obviously such a uh, such a clever footy brain um you know thinking his playing career was uh, i suppose dogged by injury and then um you know later on in life when he looked to be making a, a career as a coach he uh, this mnd uh sort of attacked his um you know his mind and and all the rest of it so it's uh it it'd be easy to you know, throw your hands up in the air and go, oh, it's too hard, but he's he's fought and as you say, mate, he's an absolute inspiration. And look, even going back to uh, just before the Matty Knights appointment, um, he was one of the key candidates for the bombers job after Sheets. And um, I think if we all had our time again, he would have been a, a great person to be given the the task of leading the club, mm. um, you know, in terms of you know, taking on the coaching position. Um, and he was one of the favourites there for a little while, mate, um, until Mr Bullish, uh, sorry, Mr <laughs> Matty Knights came in. And, um, you know, uh, you know I, I still think that was a, it was a strange decision at the time. At the time. Mm. Um, and, you know, I still think, Matthew Lloyd retired probably at least a season too early. And, um, you know, and I, I hold that that responsibility partly to Matty Knights. I don't think he believed – he wanted to move on to the new batch and didn't want the sheedy ex-players. Yeah, he wanted to have his own brand and he had massive faith on um, Jay Neagle and, you know, um, you know instead of – you know, enjoying having one of the best forwards of all time in your side. And, yes, he was ageing, but um, he still had so much to give, Matty. And, um, you know, when you think about it, you know, you know Lloydie would have loved to have kicked a 1,000 goals, mate. And he, I think in the end he was about 70-odd goals short. Yep. Um, you know, I think he could have easily got there if he had a coach who believed in him. And I, I just don't think Matthew wanted to play reserve footy and I think that had been floated to him and you know uh, a proud man isn't gonna 
accept that, especially if you think you're, you know, still got so much to give. Mm. So, yeah, that was a, a downtime, um, you know, prior to the James Heard appointment. And if I thought that was bad times, so I'd hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going in a tangent. But, um, yeah, like, and I don't hold Herdy responsible, so just make sure we know that. I'm just saying that it was, I guess, bittersweet because, you know, at the time, you know, we know the club tried to get Mark Thompson, you know, at the end of that 2007, which is going to be unlikely considering he just won a flag at Geelong. Oh. They then went for the runner-up in Mark Williams and, um, you know, Mark Williams stayed loyal to Port and that did him well, didn't it? But, um, you know, those are the two first candidates they, they kind of chased after it. And... Well, see, mind you, James, um, like just on... Mark Williams. I mean, obviously we're we're gone on, on a big tangent here, but I might as well join along for the ride. Um, <laughs> like he went right up to the end of um, uh, you know the, the application stage or whatever you want to call it, like interviews and all the rest of it. And um, I, I believe he's he sort of said he, he thought he had the job um, uh, and was you know effectively um, I don't know who by, but effectively told he, he almost. Um, had it, it was it was you know more or less going to be a bit of a sure thing, and and then um, yeah, as you say, we uh, we veered left and um, went with Matty Knights. Um, I heard a different story, mate. So again, I guess none of us will know for sure, but I got told Mark Williams definitely pulled out of the race. Um, he was definitely deep in discussions. Uh, I think, you know, understandably, just lost the grand final. Um, probably thought that list was obviously had a lot more um, opportunity uh, without having to do a lot of work at Essendon to get him up to that kind of stage. So, yeah, I did hear that it was actually Mark Williams who made the call to, you know, step out of the race. But, you know, you may be right as well. Ultimately, we know they went for nights. Um, and, you know, hindsight, it always wins. Um, yeah, well, I should have gone to APSM. I should have gone to Specsavers, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hindsight says that wasn't a great call. But, uh, I mean, um, we, don't, we don't own crystal balls. And, um, you know, Matty Knights must have been very influential with the people in charge, like Peter Jackson and so forth at the time. But, um, yeah, I've, I've gone off tr- topic, I know that. Um, but, uh, yeah, little things about our history in the last, you know, 15 years especially. Um, yeah, you can tell we haven't won a final in 17 years because I keep getting angry about things that happened <laughs> all that time again. So, um, yeah, but let's uh, go back to the Hall of Fame. Doc right. Reed, mate, is another one who... Um, you know, it was a huge part of the club. You know, unfortunately, he passed away. But I mean, yeah, you know, he'd still be there now if he could be. And uh, you know, the amount of respect he had from all the players, the past players and future ones. Uh, I mean, sorry, present. Um, yeah, you know, he he left a massive hole at the club, and um, they're yeah, just so loyal. And you know, the players would take their own families to him. That's how much respect they had for him. Yeah. And I think um, like it's, it really speaks to the quality of the bloke um, where, 
you know, Bruce Riedel, he's obviously a doctor. He never actually played for the club. But the fact that the Essendon Football Club has raised him to legend status as part of the club um, is just absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, you, you hear everyone talk about him and, uh, and the integrity he showed and um, the, the care he showed for players and, um, and all the rest of it. And, yeah, as you say, mate, it really made the players... Like, I, I think James Herb was uh, quoted as saying, he made you want to play for that football club um, because he, he made you feel like part of the family. But that's, a, that's a fantastic, um, uh, you know, comment for people to, to sort of say about you. And, uh, you know, the, the accolade uh, appears, uh, you know, very well-deserved, mate. Yeah, and the other thing he would do is if he thought you were struggling, as uh, James Herb shared uh you get a tap on your door sometimes and there would be dop reader with a bottle of red ready to have a bit of a discussion with you and try and pick you up but also give you some home truths as well so um you know to have the confidence to be able to do that to professional football players you know obviously you have to earn their trust first and he certainly had that um of course you know, we've already said Gavin at Wanganeen, you know, legend status after six seasons. Um, Neil Danaher again. and um, Dustin Fletcher is the... Dustin Fletcher, mate, the, you know, the games record holder. Uh, yeah. 400 games. Uh, and you think the amount of games he missed through suspension and injury. <laughs> mate, he, he could have got up to 450 easily. Uh, you know, just uh, wasn't to be, but I mean... What a great player he was and how much he excited the crowd. If you mark the ball anywhere, you know, in the 80, 90 metre range, we all were yelling, have a ping. You know, like oh, we, yeah. we wanted to see it, you know. Um, and his sons, both his sons chose to go to Gridiron, which um, I guess, you know, early days we thought we might have both of them playing on our side. Um, that never came to, to pass. But, um, yeah, uh Dustin himself, what a terrific player. And obviously his dad, Ken, had a massive impact on the Bombers as well. So, yeah, the Fletcher family would be very proud, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, mate. Um, you know, he, he was definitely my favourite player you know, over the you know, last, what, that sort of last 10 years or so. And you think for, for him to win the, uh, uh, the club best and fairest in that 2000 year, uh, you know, when you had the likes of, you know, Matty Lloyd, you had your Johnsons, you had Carousella, you had like all these great players. James Hurd. James Hurd. And mm-hmm. like for him to win the best and fairest, that's a pretty bloody big effort. And, um, you know, I, actually, I love hearing his stories about, uh, uh, where, yeah, he, he wasn't the greatest trainer and everything like that. And, um, you know, he'd find all these weird and wonderful ways to duck out of training, such as, you know, um, there was one where he talked about, you know, they used to do sprints, um, you know, up and down in the rooms. And, um, you know, he'd do the first one, duck into the, like the doctor's office or whatever it was, hang out there for a bit, come out and join him for the last and act like he was there the whole time. And, um, you know, he, he seemed a bit of a cheeky bugger, but, you know, he... He knew himself, he knew his body, and um, he certainly knew when to show up on game day and perform, and, and that he did uh, throughout his career. Like, he's, he was Mr. Dependable. Um, he'd, he'd be there 
um, you know, rain, hail or shine, um, you know, doing his all to save goals. I mean, many of us will, um, you know, just remember his go, go gadget arms, uh, you know, saving, you know, countless goals. Um, and uh, yeah, as you say, James, like the, the one that springs out to me is that uh, game against that Kilda where he ran through the middle of the ground, got the handball and just went smack. Um, you know, kicked it from what, 60, 70 out. Uh, just a beautiful talk straight through the middle. Um, he could certainly launch him um, and, and certainly a, uh, yeah, a favourite favorite of mine across his career. Um, and other news, mate, um, Paul Brush has released another video, which is, uh, yeah, I guess he did that last, you know, on the eve of the season last year. Um, and basically said we've got new standards and, you know, um, a start of a new era. Um, how much support he had for Ben Rutten. Um, and, and this message was very similar that you know, there's a bit of positivity coming out from him. Yeah, it's, um, it's great, mate. He, he um, basically started off by, by saying, you know, he's, he's pleased to see like, uh, and excited about the players uh, you know, coming through and the development of the team. Uh, and he said, like, there's a really palpable feeling, like a positive feeling around the club uh, and, and a feeling of, of being one club, uh, you know, four teams at the moment, uh, but the one club, uh, which I thought was a uh, fantastic, fantastic um, you know, comment from him. And, uh, you know, he basically saying, like, the playing list is going to continue to get better, you know, um, you know, with the continual development of the, the younger list, the cohesion of the team as it is. Uh, you know, bringing in new blokes like your, your Jake Kellys and the draftees uh, into the team um, in an effort to continually improve our on-field performance. And um, I guess it's now where we're finally reaping the, the dividends of, um, I suppose, a long-term strategy to... Uh, look, we've, we've seen the financial strategy to uh, get the club back on its feet and, uh, you know, Xavier Campbell and Cove have all achieved that um, you know, with Gusto. Um, but it's on-field success that um, will, will define us as a football club and uh, that's what we're really building towards. So it's, uh, no, it's great to hear from the president, mate. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I guess that was one of the, the big uh, differences we noticed with Hannah's leadership as opposed to Paul's. Um, you know, he was largely silent, you know. Basically, the only time we heard from him was... You know, and maybe I'm judging him harshly, but when they wanted more money for the <laughs> hangar and so forth like that, um, and, you know, I'm really happy that Paul addresses footy issues and you know the the health of the club and you know, um, yeah, he seems a lot more you know supporter focused, you know, um, which is nice to have, you know, like we, you know, we don't all want to have. Eddie Maguire's or the old Eddie Maguire or, you know, Kenneth, yeah, we're happy to have someone like Paul who can um, still wear his Essendon hard on his sleeve, so to speak, but, you know, still transfer a club message to us supporters. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I'm really pleased with that appointment. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, I guess like over the last couple of years, we've, we've all 
Um, I, I don't think I would have been the only one to, you know, look at you know the appointment of Rutten and um, you know, the appointment of Brasher and have some hesitation, um, you know, given our recent history of um, you know leadership. But certainly, um, you know, everyone seems to be buying into the one message and. It does feel, even from a supporter's point of view, like it is the one club um, and they're really building towards success and, and team success, not just um, uh, yeah, flashes of brilliance here and there from individuals. Um, it, it does seem like a, a team effort. Um, so it's, uh, it's great to see, particularly when you think, you know, at the end of the uh, 2020 season, you know, we'd, we'd lost Fantasia, we'd lost Joe Danaher, um and and we were thinking bloody hell and the doing? man we can't mention <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> so we uh you know we we sort of thought where are we going to get our goals from we're going to be and we're going to be bleeding them down the other end as well um but no we uh we selected guys that uh bought into a game plan that weren't um you know just about themselves that were happy to do the work and um you know, build toward a successful Essendon football club. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic to see, mate. And, um, yeah, certainly I'm quite buoyed by the, uh, uh, yeah, the I suppose, the trajectory the the club's on, the journey they're on. Um, they acknowledge it's going to be a lot of hard graft, but um, they're doing all the right things. They're acknowledging our past. Uh, but also building towards our future. So uh, I think it's uh, uh, yeah, it's a great time uh, to be an Essendon, uh, Essendon supporter and uh, sounds like they're making Essendon great again, Jane. Yeah, that's right. And um, <laughs> I'm just waiting for it on the ground again. But, uh, I mean, yeah. um, anything, I'll take anything at this stage. You know, like, just want some positivity. And, you know, I think we can see a real young presence coming through. Um, you know, I'm really excited about where we currently sit. I think, you know, Adrian Dodoro is on top of his game. I think if you look at our list, it's quite even. Um, probably the lacking part is our forward line. Like, you know, I, I think we'll, we'd love to have a, you know, apart from Harry Jones, another key forward who, you know, shows so much promise to become maybe a leading forward next you know, in the next few years, but um, they don't grow on trees. So totally understand, you know, we have to wait our time on that. Um, and small forwards, I think, you know, um, well, we've obviously seen Tex get signed. Um, uh, but small forwards, that's another one area where I think we'd like to have a bit of depth there because, you know, Tipper's outstanding. Um, we know that he's got some... Uh, mental health problems at the moment, or and you know, um, we totally support him in that, like, totally understandable. But I, I guess the club didn't seem prepared to have maybe some up and comers coming through, and it's a little disappointing to me because when you look at our, um, our NGA area, mate, up in the Tiwi Islands and so forth, um, you would have thought we might have given opportunity to someone. You know, as we did with AMT, and um, yeah, just to have a look at a few of them. There was a young bloke I saw some of the highlight reels from uh, a 
you know, I'm probably going to butcher this name as something about Manuka or something like that. He he um he had some great highlights. You know, I guess you know I, I don't see the harm in inviting these people down and and really um you know maybe giving them a rookie spot really early in the piece just to see how they develop. Yeah, I, I guess what the what the club really needs to be building towards is setting programs um, to <clears throat> to ensure they're able to support, um, yeah, whether it's Indigenous boys or even just young people in general, like moving from one state to another um, because there'll always be homesickness and um, you know, you're away from family and and all the rest of it. So it's a pretty daunting thing for a young person to go through. And um, if we could start setting up um, you know, some, some real programs around you know, support and development. Um, you know, perhaps then we can look at you know, doing camps or you know, inviting them as, as train-on players, um, um, you know, whether it's for a VFL or AFL system. I think we need to develop that strong culture. Again, of um, uh, yeah, particularly at trying to attract Indigenous talent because you know, Essendon's got a great history of that, obviously, uh, through Kevin Sheedy and um, you know all the work he's done there, um, and you're right. I think you know uh, if we've got access um, to you know, the Tiwi um, area as um, you know part of our part of our zone, we'd be mad not to try and take advantage because as I say, there's some absolutely um, yeah electric talent out there. Um, but I think uh, yeah we. Uh, I suppose be irresponsible to um, you know just try and um, you know pick them and expect them to just fit into the professional AFL system because it's a um, you know for more reports obviously I don't have direct um, knowledge but it's a it's a bit of a different world stepping into the professional AFL system um, you know from uh, I suppose your, your local leagues and all that kind of stuff but. Uh, yeah, look, hopefully uh, in future we can develop that. You know, I've seen um, uh, uh, yeah, some of the guys get out and about and uh, even with the, um, uh, the Tiwi girls, um, it seems like the club's finally um, getting behind them to support their, their development. So it's, um, we're showing good signs um, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can, those kind of relationships and, and programs can bear fruit in years to come. Yeah, well, I, I just look at our list now, and you know, all the younger players have got a real strength that yeah you know, you'd like to see develop. Like even uh, a young boss, yeah, you, know, you look at him, mate. He's built oh. like a bull, really. Um, yeah, you know, and some of the knocks on him prior to him being drafted was his agility, but I mean. Um, you just don't know how quickly people can progress when they're in a professional setting. And you know, uh, I know he's, you know, he's been nursed through this pre-season, but you know, I think he's going to be exciting to watch to develop. Um, looks like he tackles to hurt. Um, and you know, it's good to have those kind of players, you know, like uncompromising. Um, and if you can get a little bit of agility, um, yeah, he, he could be a real surprise, I reckon. And, and just talk about uh, young Lord, who can um, got a real burst of speed. I saw um, Sam Draper really <laughs> praise him and said, uh, 
one of the headlines you could see is Lord kicks fives. Um, now, obviously, <laughs> probably a bit of jest there, but I mean, um, he's probably taken a liking to him because he's a South Australian as well. But, uh, you know, I, um, yeah, I think Adrian's done a really good job building this list and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to, to watch him develop. Uh, other news, mate, we saw that, uh, and I guess this isn't the biggest news in the world, but the club needs these sponsors. Uh, Tradie have come on board, mate. The Tradie, the underwear brand. Um, they've come on board and they're going to be on our shorts. Um, I'm a bit of a step one man. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may have to try uh, trade my jock um, alliance uh, now, but... Uh, yeah, mate, what can you tell me about Trady? Oh, well, I know the uh, the club thanked them for all their support. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a good start. Um, I mean, I, I guess that's the, um, the good thing about the club. Like they are attracting quite a lot of commercial sponsors, um, which is obviously bringing money into uh, support club programs, initiatives, um, you know, the players and all the rest of it. Um, so... Yeah, it's good to see the, I suppose the the club looking after their bottom line. If you if you don't mind the pun there, but um, uh, yeah, because I guess at the end of the day, like, uh, AFL, it's a business. Um, uh, as much as we, we all just love the footy, it's it's a business. Um, and look, if that can go in some way to helping us on field, um, all the better. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, one thing I've I've heard about Trady is they don't often. Um, drop the ball, uh, which is uh, uh, which is good news. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anything else you want to bring up, mate, before the show closes? Nothing, mate. I know our um, VFLW girls had another big win. Um, they kept the uh, the dogs scoreless. In fact, I think what was it like ninety eight to to nothing. Um, the massive. Yeah, I think they played a second game after that, didn't they? Uh, um, I think they won round two as well. Um, uh, I'm sure oh, I saw right, no, we, are, we are two and zip. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We had another big win. Yeah, it was um, another big win. I saw the score and I. It's about I 10, thought, 10 goals or something. But, um, yeah. No, it looks like they're, they're going great guns. And um, I think, um, you know, what's exciting for me, I mean, I'm, I'm a signed up um, VFLW member. So I'm looking forward to when we join the AFLW uh, at the end of this year. Um, and hopefully, like you know, the program we're building will allow a lot of these girls to um, actually form that inaugural AFLW team. And certainly, if they're putting out performances like that, mate, um, looks like us, us bomber faithful will be, uh, you know, in for some some good showings. Yeah. Um, well, I I got to say that um, I've been in touch with Paul Cousins and. Um, uh, the VFL guys are playing Collingwood next Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll be speaking to Paul on the Monday, which will be great because um, you know, he would have had a chance to have a look at a couple of VFL games and he might have some news on potential signings and, and so forth. So I thought that would be a good opportunity to have that. And, um, yeah, we can get, you know, after our next show, we'll be discussing, obviously, the Essendon St Kilda um, game at Marvel next Saturday night, and yeah, then we've got a week to go, and 
uh, you know, a week's break basically before the the start of the season, mate. So um, yeah, it's all up from here. Certainly is, mate. Looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. We had great numbers uh, to our first show of the year, um, and we really thank you for that. And uh, yeah, we can waffle on sometimes. And you know, thanks for your patience. Um, that's just what happens sometimes when we're talking bombers. And I'm sure you guys are the same with your family and friends. But uh, yeah, until next week, um, let's say go bombers. Go dons. <laughs>